Hello, everybody, and welcome to Connected Knowledge from Upland Software on True Story FM. I'm Pete Wright. The last time our guest was on the show, she led us through the lessons she's learned from a career working with contact center leaders. This week, she's back to turn the table. What's it like working as an agent today? What are the resources they count on to be responsive and effective? How are call center leaders best able to maximize knowledge management investments in support of their frontline representatives? Samantha Middlebrook is Senior Director of Product Marketing and Management for Contact Center Productivity at Upland, and she's back to talk to you about your agents. Samantha Middlebrook, welcome back. It's good to see you. Thanks so much, Pete. Thanks for having me. Can we start with, uh, just, just in the form of a table setting, can we start with a day in the life? What's it like working as an agent in a mid-sized to big call center today? Well, I need to cast my mind back um, a number of years, more so than I would like to admit, I would say. Um, and if I think about my time being an agent, it can be pretty stressful um, and not to you know, date myself. If I think about the way that customers were interacting with me personally when I was an agent, there was really just two channels. It was voice, um, so phone, and then email. And I think at the time I wasn't even handling email inquiries. That was for the more experienced agents, if you will, or a special agent that the contact center had to carve off um, and manage to try and handle those inquiries. So pretty stressful. Things are changing all the time. Um, you're dealing with people and their emotions. Um, and, you know, no one really wants to call a, a contact center. They're calling because something's gone wrong. And so for the agent, they already know that before they pick up the phone. Right. So energies are already potentially peaked by the time mm -hmm. the first hello, how can I help you is, is spoken. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's right. Things you, you mentioned the pace of change. Things seem to be moving more quickly today than ever in terms of how, if I think of myself as a consumer, how I can reach out to the companies that support my life. How has that impacted call center operators? Yeah, it's a really great question. I mean, it is a consumer's market. We are used to information being provided to us 24-7 at a really rapid rate. If we think about where we get our news from and our, our updates, that has completely changed. You know, people and families aren't sitting around and watching the 6 p.m. news. That's what we say in Australia, 6 p.m. I don't know if that is specific to us do you watch the news at 6 we do have an That's evening like, news but depending okay. on time zone it could be a, right. a five or six yeah but if you think about where you would learn about things in generations past there would be um you know certain areas the news newspapers now everyone has access on their device and they're you know looking for options and searching for options on a number of different apps that's very much the case when we think about the buying journey for a customer who's looking to find the best health insurer or the best um, car insurer or the best bank for a home loan 
they're already bombarded with so much information. They have access to so much information at their fingertips and through any channels that they want. So when they come through to an agent, what they're really looking for is an expert, that person that gives them reassurance, that person that definitely knows the answer because maybe they're making a really big life decision and they're not comfortable with self-service. So if the agent picking up the phone doesn't sound confident or isn't up to date, it starts to create a real distrust for those customers and has a huge flow and effect for an organization as well. You just made a point that I don't think I'd ever thought of quite so clearly. There is nothing that creates more friction for me personally than when mm-hmm. I contact somebody at a company and I feel like they don't know more than I do. Mm-hmm. And, exactly and I, right. I think what you're getting at is we're in an, a sort of knowledge economy where mm-hmm. it could be very likely that the customer will know as much as you do, call center agent. It, especially if you have an organization where knowledge is siloed. So what happens if the website is updated by a different team and that knowledge comes from one knowledge base and the chatbot is updated by someone completely different. And then the agent or the people on the front line, as we often call them, you know, because it can feel like a bit of a war zone, uh, is the last to know. And that's a complaint that we hear all the time, especially from our, you know, from customers that I've worked with, where how do we support our agents in their time of need to support our customers in their time of need. So Mm -hmm. how do we not bombard an agent so they feel um, supported, but also confident? You know, if I think about the real impact of knowledge management, it's changing an agent's language to, from rather, I think I know the answer is versus I know the answer is without the pauses, without the hold, without that, um, that fear that we start to evoke in the end customer, because it just sounds like you don't know what you're talking about. And if you think about anyone in a role, when they first start, it's a very high pressure situation. And quite often, even if they're not speaking with end customers, we've all been in a situation where we're going into our first meeting or um, do, putting together our first, first piece of work, and we, we don't want to feel silly or look like we don't know um, the answer. That That is times a million when you're actually speaking to an end customer and trying to solve their problems. Just staying for a moment on our day Mm -hmm. in the life uh, scenario before we move on, what has this connected economy done to onboarding agents? Like when you start uh, in a a new role, sitting at a desk and Mm -hmm. you're ready to start taking calls, uh, how has that effort changed by uh, you know, sort of the knowledge management and, mm-hmm. and you know, availability of information that we've, that has just seemed to explode over the last, you know, decade? It's a really great question. So if we think about, um, and I know we hate to keep raising it, but pre and post pandemic is, is really um, where contact centers started to shift in terms of how they were structuring training and how um, they were managing teams. Because Pre-pandemic, there were very few contact centers globally that were willing to have a hybrid or work-from-home model with their contact center, which meant that training was very traditional. You had classroom training um, that was a mix of corporate induction training as well as learning everything that you needed to know to really handle those calls. And so that looks like all of the product information, all of the policy information, all of the processes, um, depending on how complex an organization is. Now, um, businesses can generally take two tacks. They either say that 
you know, an agent on day one has to be this kind of unicorn that can answer any calls. But quite often what will happen is there is some form of um, call routing in place via an IVR that says let's only take these certain calls and give them to certain agents. And so then you start to segment out your workforce um, to say that these are the different inquiry types and this is the complexity and this is where we teach someone in their learning journey. What that means for an organisation is that time to competency is expanded. And so if you think about um, when you're starting to get return on investment for from your team, it's stretched out further and further. If you think about the pressure that puts on other functions in a, in a contact centre, your workforce team, as an example, they have to think about all the calls coming in, the different categories those fit into, how they can slice and dice that to the different agents you have available to then essentially pick up the calls or the chats or whatever you're doing there. So that was a traditional way. Um, the pandemic forced us to, to think differently. And what we're seeing a lot more of is that micro learning strategy that says, you know, only show me as much as I need to know, but provide knowledge when I need it in a format that makes sense to me. So the the up and coming generations, especially because we know that contact centers often have quite young individuals, um, you know, is generation now. They don't want to read a lot. They want to see those short snippets, you know, it's TikTok generation where only show me what I need to know. Um, what's trending, what makes sense for my customer so I can, um, you know, take that and add my own flair and then move on to the next thing. Well, I, I think that makes for a fantastic transition to uh, one of the more important topics that you've been thinking about and talking about, which is on agent productivity, right? Mm-hmm. How, uh, you know, as we talk about greater connectivity to the brands that I as a <laughs> consumer have and uh, across all sorts of different modalities, voice, chat, email, mm-hmm. um, how, with all of these tools, how are agents being trained and, uh, you know, leveled up to manage that connectivity? And, and are they being more effective and more productive as a result? Yeah, it's a really great question. So I think more and more what we are really seeing is our human touch points. So our agents inside a contact center are really there to help level up the experience play for customers because we know that customer experience is such a differentiator for many organizations, especially ones that are super competitive. So, you know, um, there are some inquiries that are very easily handled via self-service, but as humans, we want human interaction. So when we come through to that agent, we want to we want to experience things like empathy. We want to have someone on the other end of the line who has a genuine concern or interest in our well-being if we're talking, you know, for a health system or banking, finance, all of those kind of things. So what we're seeing more and more of is the ability for knowledge management not to be black and white and so process-driven, but more supporting an agent to be actively listening to the customer and embedding some of those customer experience frameworks into what they're doing. So recommended wording, empathy prompts, um, tips and tricks, all of those things that you think about come really naturally to someone who is very tenured, um, but not so much that someone's in those first kind of three or six months of the role because they're so focused on the systems and what to press and what to do that they can't actually listen to what the customer is saying and really help them, you know, 
problem solve together, which is really why a customer is coming through to those human channels for that connection um, and that reassurance that someone is going to help them and solve their issue. I, I love that. And I, you know, I've got a just a, a brief side story. I've got a dear friend who's a former attorney and he started a, a company, completely separate company from the law. And uh, it's in stainless steel pipe fittings in Canada. Okay. Fantastic. Okay. Right. All great. They have a customer support line, a small team now of mm-hmm. eight or 10 people who manage their their internal customer support. And he he said, when I was an attorney, I was an attorney and counselor at law, and I was a counselor mm-hmm. far more than I was attorney. So I'm going to call this rank in our company customer support counselors. And mm-hmm. his response is that dramatically changed the way these people deal with our customers because they mm-hmm. are kind of leading on to what you you are talking about. They have a greater empathetic vibe and a greater mm-hmm. in, incentive by title alone to mm-hmm. help with context, right? This thing that you're dealing with, I can help you and I here's why I can help you and here's mm-hmm. why you might use it in this way. And I think that's really, really beautiful. Uh, it, it sounds like these kinds of tools are what might be being put in the hands of call center agents by way of well-trained, savvy managers. Am I off the mm-hmm. mark? No, that's exactly right. And moving away from... Um, <clears throat> that that kind of follow the bouncing ball approach to dealing with with customer journeys is really important because the simple stuff we can deflect and that's okay. It's the complex stuff that we need to handle really well. And so if we mm-hmm. think about the way that knowledge can be delivered to support those kind of interactions, it's less about it being static. You know, no one wants to read a really long document as they're trying to listen to a customer um, explaining their problem. That's why we're seeing the rise of things like virtual assistance from the agent side, you know, the ability to interact with a chatbot as they're speaking to a customer and just get those tiny little snippets of what they need to move on to the next stage of what the customer is asking. It also means that they can follow the flow of a customer conversation a lot more organically um, rather than just being really stuck in a rigid form that they may have been used to seeing before, like a training manual as an example, mm-hmm. um, because we're not talking about, you know, technical troubleshooting all the time. And that's a really important thing to remember. So then let's talk about some of these uh, at your fingertips technologies mm-hmm. that are shaping the future contact mm-hmm. center. Um, what are you seeing that is being implemented thoroughly now? What are you seeing on the horizon? Yeah, so um, the the point that you mentioned is really key. It's that at your fingertips, no one wants to leave what they're doing and what I mean what they're doing, the screen that they're in, to go out and search somewhere else to find the answer that they need. So um, I was talking to a colleague just prior around the concept of single pane of glass, and it's something we've been hearing in the industry for a very long time. Um, It almost feels a little bit redundant as we move um, further and further along technically, because we know that organizations and agents access many, many different applications every time they're interacting. And as these really big um, software companies build out these kind of all-in-one solutions, there has to be a balance for the agent. So, you know, making sure that we are working in harmony with the other applications 
um, that an agent is using. And so what we mean by that is using the data and the intelligence that is already available to take that mental load off an agent. You know, imagine a world, Pete, where if you're already um, interacting with a customer and the customer has already given some details, you know, maybe what they're thinking about, what they're thinking of um, asking or what they're really looking for through an IVR selection, wouldn't it be better that that content or that knowledge that the agent needs is automatically popped straight to them as the call drops in? That's the kind of things that we're looking at. So um, using APIs to really connect um, connect the agent experience so they don't have to think about searching or pressing or what do I do here. It's just being delivered to them without them even having to consider that they may need to look for knowledge. And that's a really important piece because, you know, for really accessible, successful organisations, not having knowledge as a separate project or product that kind of sits in the corner is really important because when you bring it into everything else that an agent is interacting with, it just makes more sense and they're more likely to use it and feel guided and supported by by what they're doing. We, we talk a lot about implementing a lot of these technologies that that give the just-in-time, match-your-fingertips information mm-hmm. to agents. Can are, are you talking about potential risks of implementing these technologies, what uh, to maybe age specifically to agent behavior, specifically to agent productivity and awareness, are there risks that we're not that we're not talking maybe as as fluently about as we should? I mean, there's always risks involved when you're thinking about automating something, right? But there's risks in both sides. There there is a bigger risk of you creating a knowledge resource that nobody wants to use and then in fact that they don't use it um, and then they have some form of alternative. So we talk a lot um, in the industry about the concept of tribal knowledge. So individuals within an organisation hold the power of knowledge and other other people rely on them to answer the questions. It creates huge um, single points of failure within organisations. What happens if that person leaves? What happens if you don't have a succession plan in place? What happens if five of your agents all have their customers on hold trying to get to that one person, Pete, if you're the expert? And also, Pete, maybe you're the expert, but you really feel like you know what you're doing and you probably did at a point in time, but the industry you work in changes rapidly and maybe you haven't kept up to date and then ouch, it creates some, ouch, huge... Samantha, really ouch. <laughs> I mean um, <laughs> and and so it just creates this kind of cycle that happens within an organization where the people who were the champions before are almost anti-change and, and causing disruption so you have to weigh it up you know when we talk about popping information or or guiding someone through knowledge, it's also understanding what the fit is for an organisation. And, you know, not all agents are created equal. You have people with different learning styles. You have people with different competency levels. And how you choose to support them should be very different. And that's the other key to success here when when we're talking about a knowledge strategy is it's not a one-size-fits-all. And if you assume that all of your agents need the same level of support delivered in the same way, then you're not going to win that battle. All right. So as we get toward wrapping up here, we have Mm -hmm. the patented Samantha Middlebrook magic wand that Mm -hmm. you get to wave over a contact center to make it the ideal 
contacts ever, mm-hmm. in specifically in terms of knowledge management and, and productivity. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do 8 a.m. day one to mm-hmm. level up? Okay, so my magic wand. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first thing is all of the training that someone should receive should be through the knowledge management system. So having a separate learning management program that isn't connected into how someone is supposed to be supported day one. That's something that you really need to work with. Um, Also understand where um, your agent lives. So what screens are they in? What are the applications that they can't live without? Um, And make sure that your knowledge is right there alongside it. So if they're in Salesforce, have your knowledge be feeding into Salesforce. If they're in ServiceNow, then that's where it should be. Um, If they are interacting with bots on the outside world, then you should be delivering the agent via virtual assistant. I think anything that we can do that makes knowledge delivery shorter and sharper um, is going to help you in your on your bottom line when it comes to uh, productivity in, in a contact center environment. And also make sure you engage the users. You know, they have to have a role to play in this. They need to feel empowered to provide feedback. Um, and you need to actually do something with the feedback as well. So they feel like they have ownership in the solution that they're using every day. Uh, I am for the case of this conversation. Uh, I'm in HR, Samantha, and I've just invested a ton in this L&D system to train our call center folks. And yeah, we're not going to we, we can't make that switch to your to deliver training in the system that they're supposed to be working in, in the knowledge management system. I, I How do you convince me otherwise? Yeah, it's a really great question. Um, and, you know, whenever we're never recommending a rip and replace of all the other products that happen in an organization because we would never win that battle, right? But day one should be talking about the knowledge management system and there should be references to it and links from your courseware. And a learning management system will always have a place in an organization. It has robust learning frameworks that you can um, port on with audit trail and you need that, especially in large complex corporates. But this is about, um, you know, showing the toolkit that an agent will have right up front um, and letting them feel really comfortable with that. So, you know, teaching them to fish If they go out there day one not knowing everything but knowing that they have the knowledge that they need and it's a few clicks away or knowing how their search works or knowing how they get extra support, then that's really what you want to achieve from that training because every single day for an agent will be different. Every single customer interaction should be different because if we're thinking about it black and white, then we're not focusing on the experience, which is really why that customer is coming in to speak to the agent. It's jazz. Customer support is jazz. Got to be able to improvise, right? That's right. That's it's all right. about the jazz. It all comes back to jazz. Samantha Middlebrook, thank you so much for hanging out and talking about a day in the life of the agent. No problem. This is, as always, I learned so much from you. Thank you so much for doing this. And thank you, everybody, for downloading and listening to this show. Make sure to swipe up, check your links. We've got some links to resources where you can learn more about uh, successful knowledge management implementations and how you can support your agents. Thanks for your time and attention. We'd love to hear what you think. Just swipe up in your show notes. Look for that feedback link too. You can send us questions to uh, any of our past guests and we'll do our best to get those questions answered. On behalf of Samantha Middlebrook, I'm Pete Wright. We'll see you right back here next time on Connected Knowledge.